You're listening to the Saturday Morning RPG Show with Jordan, the PH is silent, and Sir Lucian. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Saturday Morning RPG Show. My name is Jordan with a silent PH in the middle, and I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Sir Lucian. Uh, over there, Hi. wearing his MCDM shirt at Solar Ocean Gaming. Yes. Uh, good morning, everybody. Happy Solar Eclipse Day. Uh, if you live in the Pacific Northwest, I do live in the Pacific Northwest, and uh, mm-hmm. I have clouds. But uh, I told Lucian no. that if the clouds break, I'm probably going to grab my, my solar glasses and run out to go see it. So, got my yeah. solar glasses. My Very solar cool. Glasses. Um, have you ever seen an eclipse? Yes. Okay. I don't do them often. I've done one, you know, where they, they was pretty famous. Is this one of the ones that aren't going to be around again for a long time? Or when's our next one? We um, get all that info? They always come back every 18 or 19 years. Uh, there's a very specific mm. number. It's like 18 years, seven months, four days, and 59 seconds or something like that. Uh, so it will be back this way um, in 18 years. Uh, this is a fire ring eclipse, which means it's not a total eclipse. So you'll see edges. Um, so nice. you'll see the edges. But in 2019? 2018? 2017. Hmm. I don't remember. But the last one went right over uh, where I live in Idaho. And hmm. we drove to a friend's farm and had That's the right. we did a place show. to ourselves. So <laughs> I, like, I think we talked about this on a oh, show. Oh, probably. Yeah. yeah um, and that was one going. of the coolest experiences ever because that was a total... Uh, we were in the totality of it, and it was just like yeah. a 360 degree sunset. It was beautiful. Nighttime sets. Yeah. Boom. And uh, in 2024, on April 8th, Next there will be another solar eclipse that goes from uh, the southern Pacific over Mexico, over Texas, up through New York and um, Nova Scotia and stuff like that oh, way, diagonal yeah, across Nova the United Scotia. States. Um, Newfoundland. So, yeah, Newfoundland. There you go. Yeah. Um, and for that one, actually, we have reservations and we're going to fly to Mexico and go watch it there because we just okay, like cool. it a whole bunch. And it's actually flying over my wife and I's anniversary. So we're like, that'll be like a fun thing to do. So very fun. Sounds super cool. Weather permitting. You know, that's always the sad right. thing where you're like prepping for this and you're like, oh, it's yeah. cloudy like today. That's fun. Yes, for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, it uh, got me thinking about just i mean games and stuff i always think about games mm-hmm. but how uh it would i i love the idea of ley lines in games where it's like you yes. know if we go to this spot and i cast this spell it's going to be amplified or in my planescape game it was like when you were in this area of the nine or when you were in this plane of existence your illusion magic just didn't work but this other type of magic went up to the nth degree. And I always thought that was kind of a fun way of like supercharging things. And I was thinking mm-hmm. about like an eclipse, like that would be the ultimate, you know, like mm-hmm. I guess like the, the last airbender had the same thing where the, the meteor was coming and all the firebenders were getting like really powerful. Like, I just like that idea of like, it, oh, we have to cool. strike yeah. now because we're super mm-hmm. powerful because of this eclipse, but you know, and not just use it for the bad guy, but the good guys too. Like we have to do something right now. That would be cool. Yeah. Or maybe a, a, a sword that's unbeatable, but only during a solar eclipse or something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. mm-hmm. um, cool. Super fun. So yeah, I might bounce out to go look at it. Uh, it's going to peak in like 20 minutes. So we'll see. 
but yeah. I'll let, I'll it let seems Lucy like chat. in your <laughs> yeah in your fantasy campaigns there's so many things you could do with eclipses right there's so many kind of things that you could do that yes it's expected an event it could be uh metaphysical it could be a physics type thing happens it could be a magical thing type happens but it could just be the whole population just turns to fear all of a sudden it's just uh you know it's just yeah. it, nothing's actually happened but people have gone crazy because they're just like what is happening is the sky falling is the sun never coming back you know that kind of fear and then you let your characters kind of play through that they have to play a character they the players know but they can they get mm. a chance to play a character who doesn't know and then sometimes it's fun to try to imagine something we can't ourselves imagine right that we just can't have that same context i think that's what really role playing i think is a, one of those draws that lots of people get to because sometimes you can be in a situation that you know you'll never be in but you can let your mind kind of think through it. what would my character do what would this character do how do I play that and how do I interact with the other people at the table yeah. to kind of see what that is? I mean, think about how many times where uh, in fantasy stories or something, it's like the the earth, like, like what happened to the city? You're like, oh, the earth opened up and all these demons came running out. I don't know how it happened. But like, if you think back to early yeah. eclipses, like some guy running across and it's just like, what's wrong? And you're like, the sky went completely black. It was the middle <laughs> yeah, of the yeah. day. God smiting us like. Yeah, They're just like, yeah, no, it's gods. just an eclipse. You're or even gods, you go for, far enough back, and it's like you think all the gods are there, so now maybe all the gods are mad at you, and it's like, yeah. oh, no, what have we done? It's pretty crazy. We have so, been forsaken. Super fun. Very fun. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I love – I, lo I want to – I guess that kind of pushes into the idea that you should have a calendar for your, for your game, but maybe not a calendar. Maybe you just need to have, like, an event and then say, like, okay, we're, like, four sessions yeah. away from the event happening, and you need to, like, yeah. get your I, act together. I feel like early DMs, that was one of the things they always suggest, is having either steal a calendar so you don't have yeah. to do the work to make one, or at least have one, or make one if you're really into it, because it does add to the overall game and the overall immersion for your players to understand seasons are changing, weather is changing, holidays are happening, you can put eclipses and stuff on there. You can put all kinds of cool things um, that make the world feel a little bit more real when there is that calendar that kind of sets it in yeah. a little bit. So, um, cool. well, in, uh, in other news, I guess we'll talk about some of the news that's other going news. on. Um, Dungeons of Dragons news. Dungeons of Dragons news. So, Wizards of the Role Coast is. This was interesting. A lot of people were were penning this as, oh, Watsy's trying to like encroach on things like the adventure zone and critical role mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i'm like i think they just were gambling well i'll get into this but what they're doing is they're creating a uh forgotten realms based D, &D character set um called the fallbacks mm -hmm. and the fallbacks is the name of their group and so it's kind of like lovable misfit heroes who are probably bad at most of their jobs and mm -hmm. I think Watsi wanted the Hasbro or the Hasbro, the Dungeons and Dragons movie characters to be this. You know, I think they oh, okay. wanted those characters to be like, They're and then we'll make characters. comics about them and we'll make this. And they were great characters, but it I don't know if yeah. it just didn't work or if they're going in a different direction. So the start off of this is the the fallbacks. It's going to be what uh, five characters, and it's like a bard, a cleric, mm -hmm. a fighter, a, a druid, a wizard, or something. And they're, or a rogue, I think the rogue is like the leader. And they have like mm -hmm. a little animal companion monster thing. It feels very formulaic as they're building it. But speaking of formulaic, that they, uh, the author of this 
didn't get to create them. The actual like D&D team crafted these characters and said, these are the characters we want to go on this adventure. And then they hired a writer and the writer who's probably very good. I don't know anything about him, about her, Mm -hmm. but she's writing this book and it's like, okay, could be, could be cool. Who knows? Uh, But I think Wizards is understanding that like, you know, the Forgotten Realms and all that other stuff, D&D is popular, but really it's these characters that people like. And so I think they aren't so much copying critical role as they're just like we should make our own characters that we own because like acquisitions mm-hmm. incorporated like that is very popular but watsi doesn't own those C-team. characters you know like C-team. they they don't own those characters that was part of the agreement when they started that podcast a long long time ago is that they're like yeah like we'll play D, but like we own the concept of omen drawn and we own the concept yeah. of jim dark magic and just the merchandising for stuff like that is huge so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I don't know. They're the fallbacks. I'm curious where this goes, if it's going to, I don't know, be a, be a comics and a bunch of other stuff. It could mm-hmm. be, it could be really cool, honestly. And like, if it's m- more fun, new stories and it's new original characters that aren't Drist and nothing against Drist, but I feel like yeah. Wizards of the Coast has been doubling down on Drist for a long, long time. And it's it, like it appeals to certain people. Yeah. I don't think it appeals to to such a wide audience. It's great, and for those that love it, they love it. But I don't know if that's the one that's the perfect character to appeal to the huge popularity of people that are yeah. out there. Right well, now. and then just an introduction to a character as well. Like Drist yeah. has been around for so long, so uh, I don't know. This is and and it's like again, Drist is not a lovable misfit character. These are right. going to be like, we're bad at our job, but tropes. we somehow succeed, you know, like, yeah. uh, like Guardians of the Galaxy or all that. Yeah. You know, that's well, kind of remember the Harper doing, books, right? So. I mean, this isn't the first time they've done books. It feels like they got out of doing books they for did. maybe a decade. Yeah. Maybe now they're inching back in. But I remember reading the Harper's stuff. Yeah. And I thought the Harper's was great. That's how I knew Elminster. And like, there were some cool stories there. And I kind of do miss a, a little bit of that where they have good writers writing great stories or at least good enough stories in a DD world that we recognize just to i do kind of miss a little bit of that i never if i i think if i was more of a drist fan i would feel like okay i've got drist i can go through those novels but since i haven't really latched on to drist like i think a lot of the the other people have i feel like i haven't had a lot of cool characters that i could go and read their stories because every now and then i just like a novel of i mean i've read some of the magic gathering novels they're not great lord of the rings written stories but they're good enough to get my imagination going and good enough to satiate my little appetite for oh that's a cool little story thing or that's yeah they're in the dells and they're doing this cool thing or oh they're they're going into myth trainer and they're going to do all this cool stuff like i do kind of miss some of that stuff i like to read still i like to do a novel um i'm big into the lit rpg as we all know i say it all the time but i would love more dd novels or, or little mini series book series or even a good lovable character crew. Um, Fallbacks is a great name. I love that name as a group. That's yeah. Cool. Uh, Sky was saying like it's kind of like the Expendables. So I was like, yeah, that kind of yeah, feels like the same thing. Or the Suicide Squad. Like I think that's yeah. the vibe they're going for. Lean into the humor. Um, it it could be good. Who knows? Uh, yeah. I just I just think it's funny that whenever. I guess I want to preface this. I don't want to defend Watsi. They have done some really terrible, awful things like the OGL and things like that. But mm-hmm. I I do look at the community 
And it seems whenever Watsy does something, they're just like, oh man, they're trying to make their own mighty yeah. nine. And yeah. I'm like, yeah. well, yeah, like why wouldn't they? I mean, they're not they're not trying to steal anything. They're I mean, they're just making an original character. That's not against the rules, yeah. is it? Like and, and why actually, are we upset about this? Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because Hasbro, even from the beginning, when they wanted to do a toy line, and you can go watch these really good um, series on Netflix that talks about the toys that made us. And it talks about, even before they had a story and characters, Hasbro was like, okay, we've made the toys. We don't know anything about them. And they would hand these characters to writers like He-Man and yeah. all the, 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 and say, hey, now make a cool story about this. Now make a cool cartoon about this. Now make a cool novel or a comic book about this. And they were just making characters about it. So this is mm -hmm. very kind of Hasbro. Like, we want characters, then we can make toys and cool stuff about it, and we're going to hand that off to creatives like writers and um, movie makers or cartoon makers, anime makers, yeah. and say, now, give us stuff that's going to get this popular because th this is the toy line we're going to sell. So it sounds very Hasbro to me. <laughs> yeah, it's very Hasbro. So, But it, it gets yeah. me thinking, like, when um, the Daggerheart for Critical Role was mm. like, wow, this feels a lot like the Blades in the Dark system. And mm -hmm. the Blades in the Dark guy, uh, John Harper, was just like, yeah, it is, but, like, that's okay. Like, it's just, like, he kind of gave his approval of it, and everyone's like, oh, that's cool. Well, wow, critical role. But, like, then I think about if Watsy had done that, it would have been, like, we would not have been forgiving. It would have been, like, you need no. to, you have to do all this other stuff. And so it's things like this where I'm like, you're, Big you're really upset that they're just making a book like and and yeah. they're creating original characters like it's not i don't know it, it just felt weird that every article i found and a youtube video on it was all like like trying to spin it like the next uh the next big like watsy downfall and i was like i yeah. i don't think it is but maybe i'm not no. seeing something completely warranted all of Very the bad so. publicity they got but that doesn't i don't think like i think i'm hearing from you is that the, every single thing they do it needs that same warranted oh no yeah the, the sky is and falling it, they're super evil and i don't oh, know man. i haven't read the fallbacks yet obviously it's not out but i was like i don't even think it's very they're not like the mighty nine it doesn't look like it's any kind of like they're trying to rip off those characters no. other than they're like we're gonna have a rogue we're gonna have this but it's not like a <laughs> goblin rogue it's like you know <laughs> yeah so. we created those yeah 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 um so i just thought it was interesting i don't know whatever uh free league is releasing love this company uh, and i thought free this league. was interesting so um, they're releasing a Vason um, campaign adventure. So this is like oh. a, a five chapter book, like a kind of like you would think like a Curse of Strahd or a Tomb of Annihilation, but it's for Vason, which has been, uh, and I think Free League in general has been kind of like, they, they did some adventure path stuff for, um, uh, well, for Forbidden Land specifically, but I was also thinking of Tales from the Loop. I think they had some adventures for Tales from yeah. the Loop, but yep, this is the first time that like Vason's getting it. But I think Vason has a, a a large following that they're kind of like, oh, people are actually really like this game. Um, yeah, I think which it's is like the Flood and the something for the Loop. Yeah, things from the Flood. That was uh, yeah. like when they were older and stuff. But but I thought this was cool. So if you own Vason, maybe Vason sold really well the last year. And they're just like, oh, this is going to be really cool. Um, that is coming mm -hmm. out October 31st. And I just wanted to point it out because I thought it's, it's, a, it's not like a small 30-page adventure. Like it's a big campaign. 
Mm -hmm. And for people like myself who enjoy pre-written adventures, I was like, oh, that would definitely get me more interested yeah. in running Basin if I had That definitely like means that. it was successful, right? Because they're not yeah. going to do some add-on products if it wasn't popular enough that they think they could do some add-on products. And everything I've heard from people who've played or ran Basin, good things. I've never heard anybody say anything bad about it yet. And when I look I at it, it, the artwork is captivating. I'm just like, it's it looks good. So, so I think it's a sign that table RPGs in general are healthy. Like, you know, like clearly it's like, oh, this is kind of a niche one that I wasn't anticipating to have a mm -hmm. big book and, and we'll see how well it sells, but it's called the Lost Mountain Saga. It's based on a podcast of the same name and the people that made the story podcast are also involved in writing this. So uh, it, it cool. sounds really cool. Um, and then also with Free League is they're doing a Dragon Bane bestiary so we're going to have a big monster book for dragon bane specifically um and they're taking pre-orders for that so that's coming out i don't know if it'll be kickstarted but uh they're taking pre-orders so i assume not yeah I don't know. but that's another sign of like okay people like dragon bane you know like free league's able to put books out without doing kickstarter not that they haven't done also kickstarters mm -hmm. but i think they're also a, a publishing company that's big enough that when they want to do a product they can so it wouldn't be I super I, I would look it up but yeah yeah i kickstarted the forbidden lands bestiary like yes i and so that was definitely i did the box set yeah so i a remember getting set. that that forbidden lands is so good i want to run it so bad oh but now we're God. talking about playing invisible sun after purple planet's over and i'm like oh i'm torn yeah. <laughs> all the games I want to run. I just need like a year off and a bunch of friends who also have free time. Uh, yes. Yeah, this was kind of cool. So I've heard really good things about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles RPG from 1985. Like a lot of people have nostalgia in their heart for yeah. this in a good way that it was just a really fun game. And if you like TMNT, uh, you know, the mm -hmm. new movie came out that Seth Rogen did. I heard it was very good. I haven't seen it, but it, it you know, I haven't Teenage seen it. I Mutant Ninja Turtles is always I like- love it around i feel like it's never going to go away because it's yeah. just a fun idea um but palladium books announced that they're going to re-release the yes. 1985 rpg with new artwork um it's currently a kickstarter that uh they have like a notify me on launch page i think it's going to launch mm -hmm. at the end of october um and so i mean get it and i was thinking uh chaosium did a reprint of one of the older call of cthulhu's and i backed that a long time ago and i think this is similar mm -hmm. where like i got a new print but it was the original stuff in a cool box and so you have kind of like a i don't know like a new old version of the game so i have like second edition sandy peterson call of cthulhu uh but it is like i don't know it's just really cool so i th i thought that was really cool like and they're gonna have some new art they said but just in general like if the game's out of print it'll be really cool to get a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles RPG mm -hmm. back. So um, I love the show. I like it. I can't yeah. wait. I have it on my notify because I think it might be my November yeah. Kickstarter. I try to do one a month so that I don't get in trouble with the uh, the financier of the house. Um, <laughs> I I watched the original show and like had a lot of the toys and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. And then, of course, the live action movies were very influential on the my life first movie was so good. it was so ahead of its time. And they so they nailed Jim it Henson? with the Jim Henson stuff. Uh, oh, I haven't actually seen the other I ones, still love the, it. the computer graphic ones that apparently weren't very good. I think um, but the, the latest Seth yeah. Rogen one I heard was quite good. 
Um, but yeah. it's one of those things where like t Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles has just tri like we were talking about, you know, kids and and different growing Eighties. up in different generations. Like you can meet a you know, 50 year old guy and then also meet like a 10 year old boy and they both have a favorite Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, yes. you know, like, yes. like it was a, it was a big thing. And that movie was Donatello. Epic, so. Let's go Donnie. Um, uh, I'm getting a lot of notifications for PAX Unplugged, uh, which is November 30th hmm. to December 3rd in I my PAX Unplugged Pennsylvania, right I think. Uh, I was going to go, but like, it's just not in the cards now. So I can't, which is sad. Cause I hear a lot of like cool creators are going to be there. I think Bob world builder will be there and probably Ted, probably other people, but, um, it's one of those conventions I want to go to, uh, soonish at some point. So maybe next yeah. year, but they're going to have lots of reveals. And I, I imagine we'll have lots of, um, uh, 2024 D and D announcements from Watsy there. So. Yeah, usually they do an at kink show there of some sort too. So, um, and it's it's a little bit more if you've gone to Gen Con, which is much much bigger, and it feels like you're in a convention of lots and lots of um, strangers, but they have the same interest. I always felt like Pax Unplugged was like it felt less people, so it felt more close and i saw more people i knew there mm -hmm. and i got to hang out with more and i saw more of the people that i normally know just through the community or just through going to some of the other conventions were there and it was a smaller space so there wasn't as many places that you could you would just run into people four or five times a day not just once yeah so it's definitely um i like it for that reason the the event hall was pretty good like a gen con not quite as big the only thing i hated about it just for any of those that are thinking about going is trying to park and get there was not because <laughs> it's downtown. Yeah. And once you're in and everything's going on, it's cool. And there's lots of cool food places and places to hang out and do stuff. Not as many rooms for games and stuff. So that was a little bit hard if you were trying to find lots of different games to join and stuff. They were usually full pretty quick. So definitely jump on that. But I thought it was really cool. Pax Unplugged. And it was all tabletop gaming. There wasn't really being shared to do anything else. Yeah. It was uh, tabletop gaming. So pretty fun. I also wanted to say there's a DMs Guild has a Ravenloft sale, um, and I put a link in the chat. Um, and it's like 40 to 50% off of Ravenloft uh, supplements. But a lot of these are um, Adventure League stuff. So really good for like one shots, like an evening of D&D and things like that. Um, and then there was, I just went down the rabbit hole of Adventures League this morning because I was like, oh my gosh, they're still, like, they've been doing Adventures League up into Dragonlance. Um, and Spelljammer really never got an Adventure League thing, but Dragonlance yeah. did, which I thought was interesting. But interesting. if you want some fun things, I think um, One Night Strahd is really good. Uh, weekend at Strahd's is really funny, where it's Weekend at Bernie's, but it's, <laughs> it's Strahd, and there's a, a, a lot of cool stuff on there, so... Um, I'm going to ditch you for like two minutes while I go look at the sun. <laughs> All right. I'm going to talk here while he's doing that. So go look at the sun. So I know, uh, we have a little convention here in, uh, my town. So right after the show, I'm going to run over there to a really small kind of comic con gaming convention here. And, um, we used to also have one, I think it was called like a uh, red Rover or, no, it was called Marmalade Dog. It was another one that's a nice small one that happens here in my part of the world. And so going to these small conventions are always fun to kind of support your local 
gaming groups. A lot of times your, your local companies are there. So you'll find out like I was there and I found out some of the game companies that I've seen their big names. I didn't realize they were actually lived in my same area until I went to these smaller conventions and saw their booths that were set up, which is kind of cool. Um, and then being able to play games with people that are from your area, you kind of meet those people that might be your, you know, your comic book or your game store people um, and a good way to meet other people that are maybe looking to play in role-playing. And I know that we're kind of coming out of the, everybody plays remote, which is great. Um, but sometimes you just want to get to that table and you just want to roll and you want to play. Um, some of these places will have things set up like um, the one I'm going to has the the Battletech simulators set up so you can get inside and play these old Battletech simulators inside a cockpit that they've been setting up for years and years and years, probably since the 90s. And they just set them up all the time. You can play them. And they were doing a, another fun one was the um, Star Trek bridge commander they would have a place set up and you got you could have you and your friends sit down and play that kind of stuff so some of these small conventions are really fun i recommend that everybody kind of look in your area find out what little ones that are in your town or near your town are within you know reasonable driving distance to for you and your friends to go take a look at because some of these smaller ones can be really fun too um i ran some games i ran some mask games at those and it was it, it was really well received because Nobody had been running those. Like D&D gets ran at those. Pathfinder Society was big at these smaller ones. But then like the other games just didn't see as much light. So if you go there and you are willing to offer to play like a, I'll run five mass games or I'll run this Tales from the Loops or I'll run Kids on Bikes. You get a lot of interest to people there that they don't normally get to play those games. So I was just mentioning to our, our the locals, there's a gaming convention here in town this weekend. So right after the show, oh, wow. I'm going to go That's over cool. to the to the fairgrounds and uh, check it out. Last year it was pretty small. Yeah. I'm hoping that maybe it just gets bigger and bigger as they, you know, they add on to it. It's usually how they work if, if the people can yeah. stick with it. So, um, uh, there is people in the YouTube chat that want to know if you watched the YouTube chat, which I don't think you do. So <laughs> I didn't No, No, sometimes I have it up. Cause they're like talking and it's messes. like, uh, is he there? Oh, um, and sorry. Oh, there was a screaming child. I'm sorry. That's funny. there was one screaming child in there. <laughs> um we're yeah so uh it's it's like just like a sliver now it looked really no, cool but i am so. watching the twitch chat so you can chat there, there too <laughs> um wanted to will with the ravenloft sale that was coming out um it got me thinking about halloween one shots and then i was just thinking of all of the different systems that you can run and this correlates because i've been reading um the darkest house by monty cook games oh yeah, yeah. which i bought at gen con and is really creepy might be a little too creepy for me there's like certain sections in there that i'm like i feel uncomfortable reading this i don't think i would want to run it you know kind of a thing like which is fine it's not mm -hmm. like not everybody has to like the same flavor of ice cream um but i was like oh and it, and they're very good about having like safety tools and stuff in the darkest house yeah so i actually filmed a whole video on it it'll be on the jocular junction on monday uh but it's just really uh it seems like it's good for a one shot, but what's interesting about the darkest house is you're supposed to take the characters from your everyday game, like maybe five E, maybe mm -hmm. things from the flood, maybe Vason, and you incorporate them into the darkest house. Like somehow they got sucked in and you have to convert a little bit, but it's the idea of like narratively, what is this, what is this sword attack trying to accomplish narratively? And then you use mm -hmm. the, the, the 3d six darkest house system to kind of, emulate that 
Um, but lots of fun puzzles and lots of cool things. So then I was thinking, like, if you run Halloween-y stuff, what's your system of choice? Like, do you want to just use 5e? Do you want to use mm. OSR so it's, like, deadly? I don't know. Like, For me, because Halloween still triggers, for me, teenage kind of thoughts. Like thinking about going and trick-or-treating as a kid into my teenage years. It it triggered Halloween to me is like thinking about like Goonies. Halloween to me is thinking about like those coming to age kind of stories. So for me, I'm always gonna lean back on Tales from the Loop or Kids on a Bikes. Um Monster of the Week, I think would be another because it lets me do a quick narrative story. It lets people be creative. It lets you play around with the setting very easily without having to establish too much. Um, and I want quick, fast rules that just allow us to have a good, fun, entertaining time and not a crunchy time for the most part. I like. I don't typically say, hey, let's do a big DD game for Halloween. It's just a little bit too much crunch, a little bit too much combat, a little bit too much, even though I love it and that's all I play any other time. I think I want a more narrative uh, yeah. thing. I think it always also, like if I have an active group that we're constantly running games, then it's mm -hmm. fun to use those characters. So then I'd be like, no, let's do like a DCC spin-off. No, I do that where, for the, the Christmas one. Like I always do like the oh, one-off okay. Christmas session that somehow bleeds into the game and yeah. the actual D and D game, and that worked out. But I think Halloween, I always like think, let's just let's just go a totally different route. But yeah, yeah, keep going. Um, and so usually it's like, well, if we already have that going, I want to stay in that same system and just kind of do like a mm -hmm. Halloween one-off. But yeah, Kids on Bikes is my favorite, just because that's what I've ran a lot of my Halloween games in, and the character mm -hmm. creation that for that is so easy, um, easier than something like Monster of the Week, which is not hard as far as character creation. Oh yeah, <laughs> but yeah. like with kids on bikes it's like you're the loner weirdo oh cool mm -hmm. and like you just kind of know immediately the trope that you're playing and how you fit in with the group and like what you can do and i i like yeah. that it's so um approachable to just sit down make characters in 30 minutes yeah build One the world RPGs. in 30 minutes have like an hour or two hour adventure and then we had three hours yeah. of gaming and it was really fun you know yeah so and i always like a lot of those narrative games usually let the players help with creating so just like in tales from the loop like there's a part where you're creating characters but you can also say hey does magic exist in our world what kind what what kinds of magic? and you can let them kind of invest a little bit in this one shot that we're going to do but they get to create certain parts of the world too vampires do our vampires real here okay we're gonna do yeah. vampires this time cool okay do they you know what are the tropes around it that are are true or not true in this version of it and they're like they get to jump in and say, you know, oh, like, let's say they they can't. The sun does hurt them, but you know, running water that doesn't do anything. That's not okay. We'll put that in. Now we're gonna run a cool vampire storyline or a werewolf storyline or something. So, I think that's always fun. I like that idea of bringing that creativity in, and it feels like it needs to be more of a party conversation type of game, to me, versus you know, I don't know, a rolling and keeping track of things game. Um, it feels like it's more of like a party game. Like you're going to bring people over, you're going to have your decorations out. People are going to be, you know, just having a good time and, and a lot of, you want them working with each other a lot. Too. Yeah. So, narrative games, narrative TRPGs are great. Yeah. So uh, uh, 10 Candles came up too. Like if you've ever done Ten that, candles. where you're playing like in a, uh, that's kind of a weird Halloween themed one because it's more of a 
post-apocalyptic, like everything's going to die at the end, but I like that mm -hmm. idea. So, um, but I don't know. I'm just, uh, I'm really infatuated with this Monty Cook, uh, darkest house. And I found a review online that was not flattering. Like somebody was like, this oh. is so, it's system neutral. Like I call BS on that. They were like yelling at him and stuff for doing all these things. But I think wow. it's like a, the shock jock of tabletop RPG reviewers. I was like, I think you're doing this just to get attention <laughs> in a way. Um, oh boy. Because you can, you can be critical and not a jerk, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like if, if it's not for you, that's fine, but you can be critical yeah. of it. Um, but I, I don't know. I like, uh, uh, I, I really am curious about running that. And then I was, because you can convert things, I was thinking about um, my great Modron March people and like, what mm -hmm. would 15th level D&D &D characters, two wizards that have access to a, a crazy amount of spells, like what would that look like for them to be in the darkest house and have to figure things out? Um, yeah. Kind of interesting. So, um, I don't know. Uh, I don't have a Halloween one shot prepped this season. I think, uh, next you normally do. I normally do. I know. But like with the, the shows and a bunch of other stuff going on, I'm like, I don't know. I might have to, I'll have to talk to them and see like who wants to come over for a Friday night and run, <laughs> run a, uh, kids on bikes game or something. Cause, uh, it's just, I have a lot of fun. Um, kids on bikes has just become my like Halloween one shot thing because it's always yeah. fun to be like it's halloween in 1980 whatever or 1992 <laughs> and you guys are out trick-or-treating as kids and and then anything could happen you know like a spaceship yeah. lands or you find bigfoot or like i just love mm -hmm. the idea um i think, oh, I think uh, call it cthulhu yeah. or any cthulhu game that's another one yeah good too probably or even the 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 board games or the board games that are that are built around that the some the betrayal madness. house on the hill House on the Hill, Madness in the Mansion, something like yeah, those those type of games with the insanity insanity type things. I think that'd be a fun kind of get the group together to to do stuff too. Dark Souls board game could do that. Um, yeah, I'm not a Dark Souls fan, but some right. people are. Oh, oh, hot take. No, it's good. <laughs> it <was> <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. I I I like the I liked I played Dark Souls one a lot, and then not enough to finish it, and not enough to care to play the other ones so mm -hmm. that's how that's right what's the other board game that's like that the one you've been playing Glo gloomhaven was that the oh, other gloomhaven one that's not spooky that's just kind of D D esque like yeah oh okay but th there are versions that are more spooky versions though like more yeah. cthulhu versions i'm thinking the same basis of games but like mm -hmm. um i'm trying to remember the name of it i can't remember now off the top of my head i'll have to find it but yeah i think all of that would be really fun um and you normally you do like you like to record it you don't um uh, not video wise but like audio you've done some audio recordings of i have some recorded of them in the and... past uh last year yeah. or two years ago i can't remember i recorded it and the audio came out so bad that i never released it but if yeah. you're curious about my past kids on bikes oh. games they're on this channel running I think. alice is missing that would be a good one yeah that That'd could be, be an really interesting one, one. I've heard a lot of good stuff about that one. We've talked about that one a few times too. And that one's a very interesting one. Yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting to play, it. to be text messaging around a table, but I hear it's really good. So yeah. that's, that's on my list of things I want to play. Um, cool. So I got quite a bit of gaming in now that I think about it. 
Um, we had Very our nice. Purple Planet game. We've got like two sessions left. Um, and I, it's interesting how I've picked apart my Purple Planet where I'm like, I, because it comes with all these random extra adventures. And I'm like, oh, I want to do this. So I, like, f you know, when I'm prepping for the night of, D of our DCC game, I'm like, oh, and then I'll go through it. And, and so they're like, you guys are here and you find this. And they're like, oh, okay. And so it's been kind of like, uh, maybe railroady where I really just present like, this <laughs> is what here. we're doing. I was like, this is what yeah. we're doing for the night. But um, I don't want to come across that like being railroady is bad because if you're, if you're, players want that it's okay oh you know yeah. sometimes it's like uh i want to go to the town well they they chose to go to the town so just get them to the town you don't have to like oh you're missing out on all this other stuff for your share kind of a thing like that's the decision <laughs> they made and it was the same thing where i'm like you guys could go you know left or right but they chose the more interesting thing and that's usually what i had prepped yeah. so and i had the opposite yeah. of that where i was trying to run an open sandbox game but like you said the players thought they were playing D&D &D and they were on a quest line. So they were constantly yeah. trying to find the quest line. I'm like, guys, there's no quest line. It's just a world. I'm just like reacting to what you guys do. They're like, no, where's the main quest guy? Yeah. They're like, where's the overarching the story? Quest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, I, I failed there. <laughs> I messed that up. <laughs> um, so we've had a lot of fun doing little things. And in, in this last adventure, they found uh, kind of like a, a, their beetle centaurs, like, uh, man on the top, a beetle on the bottom kind of creatures. Ooh, and I they like had it. a hive nest underground and our players infiltrated this and then um, found magical radiation and had to do a bunch of stuff. Uh, and they were running around trying to figure out like what's going on. Turns out that in the the energy source for this like old bunker is a weird um, geometric anomaly creature that's from another plane of existence that old wizards had trapped into uh, a device ben, to then power wizards. the entire building. And so mm -hmm. our players like through kind of just like sheer luck ended up setting it free. Um, and that was interesting. And then they're on top of that, there's these weird beetle men running around and they're like, what's happening. So mm -hmm. we had a good time. Lots of, lots of fights that night, which was kind of cool because sometimes we just do a lot of exploration and puzzles but this was like you open the room there's seven more beetle guys they're like oh man <laughs> and so it's like lots more of fun attacks beetle and guys. uh and that was really cool and then last night i ran um dcc dying earth uh i have a zero level funnel so uh and this was for my friendly local game store so my game store does every other friday they do a game night for rpgs and you can sign up and so i've gone a I've gone a couple times and that's where I played mm -hmm. Call of Cthulhu for the first time. Um, but I was like, I want to run something. So I said, Hey, I want to run this DCC. And I wasn't anticipating uh, it to be very popular, but my game, we posted it like late on Monday night. And I looked at it Tuesday morning and none of the other games, a lot of them 5e games are even like, have like maybe one person but like mine was completely full like instantly nice. and i was like oh cool and then i talked to my players that night and they're like no we've been like chomping at the bit to play dcc with you because like you talk about it you say you know you love it and stuff i was like oh mm -hmm. so very cool we ran um per perils or uh what what did i run purple uh you got purple an planet on the mind i do have purple planet on the mind um, it was the zero level funnel that came with my dying earth setting. And specifically that one is, 
when I got the, the DCC Dying Earth, it came with, I think, 10 adventures. And so my goal was I'll run the funnel and then I'll just go like one, two, three and just kind of go up through the levels. Because I think it goes to level six and then the seventh adventure goes back to like level two or something. So I can kind of pick and choose. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, oh, yeah. This one's called Pilgrims of the Black Obelisk. God, they and, always have such good names in OSR. Yeah. <laughs> and you're in um, an inn. And the idea is that uh, you guys are doing a long you're pilgrimage to this city that has a black obelisk. Because that is where an ancient uh, prophet of a god ascended to go live with that god. And the the idea is that if you follow these... Um, like the the rules that the god has left behind and you go on this pilgrimage he'll reappear and then you'll be blessed by the deity uh and then there's like a weird demon that kind of comes in and is trying to like usurp <laughs> the deity uh uh and lots of funny things there are three different paths your players can take so this has a lot of replayability because it's like if they want to oh, cool. go through the forest the plains or the coastline all have different encounters as they're going mm-hmm. through um, my players were like, uh, they were like, I, I thought we would die more. Like towards the end, they were just expecting to die more. And I was like, yeah, you guys are surviving pretty well. And then the final like climactic battle <laughs> happened at the obelisk and I killed yeah. just about everybody. Oh, like, so I think, good. uh, one player survived with two characters and everybody else survived with one character. And one of my players, the only reason he survived is because, uh, he, his, his backstory was that he was a bandit. So he's during the big fight where all these demons are coming up out of the ground and people are getting killed. He said, I'm just going to leave and go stand on a building, like on a rooftop. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) And so that's the only reason he survived is because he was just (laughs) out of the line of fire. But I thought that was like legitimate and fun. Um, And they had so much fun. And I like left that night. I was just like on cloud nine. I'm like, man, running games is so cool. I love DCC. (laughs) This is so fun. So That's great. Uh, if they want to play it again in two weeks, then uh, I think we'll level up those characters that survived and uh, go with the the number one uh, or the level one module. Uh, what's that one called? That's great. The Laughing Idol of Lar Shan. So now, had any of them played DCC or sure. so? So it was they were all brand new. It was they an introduction. Liked the idea. You're of teaching it, yeah. them the rules. Yeah. You're playing the game. You're running the game. All, and it all tabletop well. RPG veterans and D and D veterans. Yeah. So they all kind of knew how to play D and D. But yeah. Well, I take that back. One of them had done a funnel with me earlier. Um, okay. But the rest of them had never. Yeah. They just were like, I don't know. You're like but that's like the quintessential experience, right? That's like oh, yeah. some players that don't know the system too well. The D the DMs super excited about this style of game they want to teach it to other people mm-hmm. and they want to teach it through playing a session and then at the end of the session it resonated with everybody it was like the perfect fit for the group and then you go home and it was like everything fell in place so it was just it was a perfect night right yeah. just a perfect night of game yeah That's awesome. and we had a blast like i don't know i just i had yeah. so much fun and it was like complete strangers you know but they were all mm-hmm. like really excited to be there and that was uh, so it, well, it can happen cool. thinking about like my adventure league days where I'm just like, I don't know if I like this sometimes, all. uh, yeah. this was very, uh, different from that and had a, I had a lot yeah. of good times. So, um, and it, it's fun. Like there's lots of people there playing RPGs. And so if you want the, the goal, the original guy who created this, uh, every other Friday fit event was like, mm-hmm. I hope that it allows people to find like-minded people to then start their home game, you know? 
Yeah. And so the idea is that it, it will always be one shots, but like when you find the right people, you're like, oh, hey, like let's go play yeah. on Thursday or something. So it, yeah. it reminds me of that Gen Con where we're going to play in a Numenera game, but my game gets sold out and you're yeah. like, you showed up. It was like, oh, but then James runs a game and your guys' table is just going crazy it with was how so fun. Cool. Yeah. Everybody was into it. James is just laying it on thick, you know, and it's going great. And our game was great and we were having fun too, but your table was just like, you could feel the energy of people <laughs> having such a good time, you know, yeah. it was so good. <laughs> yeah. That's no, what it reminds me of that story. Yeah. So it was it was super fun. Um, I really think that the 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 adventure, specifically the the Pilgrims of the Black Obelisk, is a good one. Um, nice. And I would recommend that as a zero level funnel. I think it's fun. Lot very um, dying Earth, and a lot of times we were talking about stuff while we were playing. Where I'm like, this is more of a a dying Earth thing than a DCC. Th thing like people gotcha. were asking about that and i was like yeah and the world of dcc is really cutthroat so nobody really wants to help you wizards don't want to divulge their secrets because then you know something they don't and they have less power in just like knowledge mm -hmm. you know yeah. so like getting a map of the area why would i why i might sell you a faulty map or a map that's incomplete <laughs> or something but i'm not going to give you the full details because i don't want you to yeah. be wealthier than me or have more knowledge yeah. than me knowledge is um, hoarded yeah. yeah and like magic is like you don't just give away magical secrets like you don't do that so it was uh it was kind of interesting but they fought a hag in a in a there was a well the equivalent of a hag it was like an evil shadow witch thing in a uh cottage in the woods and uh they found her spell book and he, mm -hmm. the guy kept trying to read it throughout the whole adventure but every time he read it, he would go crazy because he'd fail the will save. And it was at oh, the no. very, very end of the game where he finally made the will save and was like, okay, what do I find? And I'm like, it's a book of like dark magical secrets. And if you level up into this class, we can play around with the idea of what you have. Mm -hmm. He's like, that's so cool. And so, <laughs> um, and then with funnels, it's always fun to be like, uh, I never really thought this, but like when you finish a funnel and you're just like, man, this character that survived he went through a lot. Like you really yeah. feel connected to this guy. You're just like, Oh, this is so cool. So we'll mm -hmm. see how many of them go out and buy, uh, like DCC books, you know, just to be like, yeah, yeah, well, I don't want to wait the table next to you for, sale. I want to, <laughs> I want to level up now. Like I better go buy the yeah. PDF or something. So, yeah. Um, Take this to your friends and spread it. <laughs> yeah. So that was really fun. I, I still am. I love the, the dying earth set. I think, uh, wizards, uh, wizards, uh, I think Goodman games, it's, fallen Good off man. the wayside as they're going they're really pushing a lot of their other products right now which is fine mm -hmm. that's what they do um and the dcc 100 has come out um a lot of people have that uh kickstarter it's being fulfilled i don't have mine yet um but it's weird because like i was really excited about dying earth and i feel like it's like this one and done thing uh but lankmar was kind of like that too where lankmar came out and it was kind of this one and done thing and so mm -hmm. we'll see if we get more adventures set in the dying earth. But overall, I really like this. I like this as a campaign setting for DC. And it was a good so. book to read, right? Like, Oh, the dying earth is fun. Yeah. Like I read the yeah. book and I haven't read all of the dying earth series. There's another book called like Kugel's saga that has a bunch of stuff, but I, uh, but no, the books are fun. Like Rialto, the marvelous. So good. And mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. lots of fun stories. Um, and then, uh, other than that, I'm struggling to get Plangea players' schedules uh, aligned. about this game. So I'm really frustrated with that. But hopefully, 
like I think we were gonna try and play today, but like no, I'm out of town or no this, and I'm like, oh, okay. So, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I need I need to just get them in the same room. I'm like, can we go have dinner sometime? And then I could just be like, yeah, okay, trick them into it. Here's when the are dice. you guys able to play? Let's yeah. put it on a calendar, kind of a thing. But you know, people are busy, and when you're trying to like, it's easy to get one or two people aligned in schedules, but then all of a sudden yes. four and five, it's like there's always going to be one guy that can't make it. So, yeah, yeah, always um, that one. And that was yeah, that was like leading into where you were about to head up, bring us. Lucian's week of gaming was very similar to that. We have several groups that we're trying to get together, but schedules just didn't work this week. So it was like, we didn't actually get to play our game. So no, no advancement on Dungeon of the Mad Mage yet. Uh, Next week, we're hoping continue that. And I can't wait because I'm just loving that character, loving that campaign. Uh, If you love dungeon crawling, if you don't like dungeon crawling, then you probably would never want to play Dungeon of the Mad Mage all the way through. and then our game that I'm running, the the campaign, um, we didn't play last night. I thought we were going to, but it didn't didn't quite work out. So that just gives me more time to prep. And what was fun about it was, as I got into roll 20 as I'm prepping the game, and all the, the fun for a dungeon master who likes to prep things comes back. Like I was making the tokens, and I was seeing all the new features that roll 20 has, and I was creating the character sheets and linking them. I was setting up the the line of sight map and I was tweaking the the dynamic lighting and playing around. I was like, all that stuff was the pregame stuff that I haven't done in a long time because it's been almost a year or two since I ran a game. I've been playing more. And it was fun to get back into that prep style. And then um and then me and you have been talking because we like for the last five or ten minutes of our shows, I was hoping I'm gonna have you be our big bad guy in the background of this campaign and see how it can affect this this campaign so we were talking a little bit and i sent you a little message that was like all right so you know if yeah. you were this bad guy and you wanted to take over Waterdeep, who would you want to play as that like because i could ask anybody and they might say well i want to be a mind flayer i want to be a hag i want to be a vampire i want to be this this and this so let's i i posed this to you i gave you a whole night to think about it what does jordan's big bad evil guy person want or is that is a person that says I'm going to take over Waterdeep and why? Yeah, so, what did you come up good. with? This, and this is I, yeah. I I'm enjoying this more than I thought when you first brought it up because I was like, oh mm-hmm. man, like I you get to have all the fun evil villain thoughts, but you don't actually have to. Not Do not they? that it's like yeah, a chore yeah. to run the game, but I just thought that was kind of yeah. cool. So uh, if you're set in the Forgotten Realms, because it's like Waterdeep is where yes. you're starting and stuff. Yep. Um, Absolutely. I love the I, oozes, I think, are my favorite monster in D&D. And so mm-hmm. I've always had an affi- affinity for Juiblix, who's the demon lord of oozes, and um, Ganador, who is the drow yes. god of oozes. Mm-hmm. And I made a drow warlock for an indoor adventurer game that was uh, a priest of, of Ganador, but he was just a drow warlock. And mm-hmm. I was thinking about that character and I'm like, well, that would be a fun, um, that would be a fun game, I think, or a fun villain, especially mm-hmm. if you lean into the fact that they're um, a priest of oozes in a way or a priest of yeah. Bonador and then the shape changing aspect. So maybe, and then that got me thinking about like Deep Space Nine, Star Trek and the changelings and how like mm-hmm. you could have a whole cult of these, these like oozes and i don't know maybe use the changeling from uh eberron as like a, a villain or i guess you could just use doppelgangers or something for introductory like what are these creatures that are mm-hmm. doing this but the idea that doppelgangers are 
somehow trying to take over Waterdeep. So they're impersonating other people. Um, and we were talking about you wanted to have like something coming up from the water, right? And how well, actually, the the water thing is like the precursor that wrecks Waterdeep, but this gives you the opportunity to take advantage of that destruction. So you don't necessarily have to be affiliated. Oh, okay. you're more like you're taking advantage of this situation to say, oh, now's my time. Because if you tried to do it before, you know, Blackstaff might figure you out, adventurers yeah. in Waterdeep might figure you out or find you. Um, but this big disaster might hide your kind of spreading of your fingers or tentacles around how am i going to do this yeah and then the other setup i was thinking about last night i was going to bring to you today was the other i think the place for because you even have the name what was the name you came up with which was cool. oh like, zalzag zalzag Drowzag. okay Zalzag. so Zalzag's cleric of Gondador. love it <laughs> and my idea was is that you are in your timeline for that character you have just escaped barely from an adventure group that had caught on to your last plan, whatever it was, whatever you were doing, they almost defeated you. They almost captured you and destroyed you, but you had one last fallback and it was a teleport circle. That was your like getaway card. Okay. And you used it. You didn't realize where it was going to bring you to. It just is like, this is my last resort. You did it. You got away from them. Boom, you're in Waterdeep, and now you've been in Waterdeep. You have no resources. You don't know people in Waterdeep, but you know you're here now. You're hidden. That group may find you in the future, maybe looking for you again mm -hmm. because you've gotten away. But right now you're trying to decide, okay, now what do I do that I'm here, and how do I start to gain and gather power, starting from zero, like starting from I don't have money in my pocket. I have my powers. I have my abilities and my my evil genius brain that, you know, you're like, I can do. So it's like, and that's where I want you to start. Like once we have that created, then I can say, okay, so this week, what do you do? And I was thinking we could even do something where you just very basic game mechanics to it. Maybe a couple of stats, like a three, almost like a 2D6 plus stat. Maybe there's only the three stats for this guy. And it would be like, you could recruit and you might roll or do something. And then we could talk about what the recruiting did. You could build something or like, there could just be like these basic overarching narrative. What kinds of things but still you let do? Dice rolls, we do a like, little bit of a roll, succeed, a tiny yeah. bit. Yeah. yeah. So like a good success, a success with a fallback, you know, or, or a complication and then a, a failure. And then, then eventually I can work certain ones of those in to see if the players catch on to that and eventually catch on to your trail. It won't be all the time and it won't be, you know, everything you do, but every now and then, like maybe one of your failures presents an opportunity for them to catch this trail of, I think there's a, there's some evil going on here. I wonder what this mm. evil is and where is it coming from? Like, so I thought that would be the way we could kind of, kind of, and then it would be a very simple, I could type in a thing. You wouldn't have to spend more than 10 or 15 minutes thinking about it one night, just, type it in and we could let some a little bit of dice roll in yeah. that and, and run with it so this is well, cool i like that we have a name i like uh, that we have who they worship i like um we don't even have to i don't even think they themselves typically we, like you said we don't have to build a character sheet or anything because this, this is like this is so far in the future fight they're a monster dealing with your minions. later they're yeah. dealing with your plans yeah. they're dealing with what you're trying to do they don't know you or, or any of that stuff yet so i was like this could be so good so i, I really like it um i'm but excited yeah. you're excited too so no i think it's cool and just like talking yeah. right now i think i think he would 
I'm trying to think of like, where do you your establish yourself if you have nothing, you know? You, but like, yeah. if we're leaning you... into the impersonation thing, I like the idea of him trying to take over um, like a simple shop. Like I was thinking, like you could even be like, I want to take over the yawning portal because that has access oh, to nice. like the underdark and drow, but it also is like a central hub for him to like recruit people, you know? So maybe yes. it's like he gets a job being um, uh, a, a wait, wait staff or something at the yawning portal, but eventually will try to take over by like mimicking um, and, you know, a, a, like a, like a change or a um, doppelganger, like actually yeah. changing his form and trying to be the guy that owns yeah. the yawning portal or and, and a magic idea. item shop. Like maybe that's another thing where it's like, he's going to mm, cool. take over this magic item shop because now he has resources. Like there's magic items and stuff. So, so that's going to be your resource, right? Cause yeah. to me, like you're a bad guy. I need to get resources that are coming in somehow. I mm -hmm. need to get information coming in somehow so I can uh, manipulate that and use it to my advantage. Knowledge is power and I need manpower, right? So those are like the three things you have to figure out. Where do I start getting these things? Because bad guys never want to dirty their hands, right? They always wanted to, we have a plan. I don't want to do it all myself. So like, those are like your three resources that you're trying to get more of and there's and I, never enough. So manpower, information, loot right yeah. or just and like, if i know like anything about money. Waterdeep, which maybe i do um <laughs> maybe then i know about like the masked lords of Waterdeep, and i would probably yes. watch to see who's sending what resources like the masked lords are voting to send what resources down to fix the area of Waterdeep that was like destroyed by the mm -hmm. by whatever came out of the water mm -hmm. and so then i know okay this person helped this person didn't help and maybe he uh, tries to take the place or like, I don't know, make a deal with the ones that didn't help. Cause it's like, Oh, you're like not working. Oh, Xanathar's there too. I forget about him. Yeah. Thank you. Moa Beach. I forgot. Yeah. He's uh he's in there. So, you know, could try to like start working with him too, or, or hire him to do things. If I get enough money, like hire his mm -hmm. guild to work for that. So, mm -hmm. so, okay. So cool. So we have your name. And so the first of your three pillars We'll just start it right now, right today. We're going to do it right here on, on the show. Which of the three things that you know you need to gather? What's the first one, your first week in Waterdeep? What's the first? I think I need to find a place info? to stay. So I think Resource. it needs to be like resources. Like I need to find resources. a home base, even if it's temporary, like someplace yeah. that I can go and hide and commune with my God. And, and yeah, so... All right. So cool. So after the show, maybe in Discord, we'll do like a, a dice roll, a 2D6 plus. I'm going to figure okay. that piece out. And then we'll do a dice roll and see how successful this week went for you as far as starting to establish your home or security and where you're going to stay in Waterdeep to unravel your plans. Nice. So this is good. I love it. Okay. <laughs> Very cool. Um, and that yeah. was it. I didn't play a lot of other games. Um, I did play a lot of Starfield. And I will mention to a lot of people, maybe a lot of you are playing it, there are some really cool side quest stuff happening in Starfield that aren't the main storyline. And some of it isn't even through dialogue. It's like you come to a place, you see a scene, and you're like, something's happened here. But then you can follow the crumbs and you can unravel exactly what's happened, whether it's a ghost ship or it's some creatures have come mm -hmm. out of a cave and killed the camp kind of thing. And it reminded me that 
sometimes we can find inspiration from the other media that we we consume games tv shows we watch movies we watch and help that incorporate and inform some of the games and campaigns we're playing so don't sleep on stealing a little bit of those things i saw a really cool there was no dialogue it was just how the scene was set up i'm like i need to put that in my game somewhere somehow one of these times they're going to come across that and it's just all visual it's just it's not about there's a character there telling you about a quest or sending you there it's just like you just come across it and it's a blood stain and that leads to this story of something terrible happened here and you get to unravel it so okay yeah very cool um yeah and then there's always i'm playing Baldur's gate three but there you go another inspiration yeah Yeah. uh thank you guys so much for watching that's our show today um we're really excited that you guys are here watching us um you can always catch us live on youtube or twitch um that's youtube.com slash uh i think sm rpg show uh and uh over on solutions uh, uh twitch um yep yeah follow tell your friends about the podcast and all that other stuff i was late with the last week's podcast i'm actually going to edit it after Mm -hmm. this show as long with this week's podcast and get it up there so sorry about that um i'm just always busy uh and then yeah new episode of the jocular junction coming out on monday and i'm working on some gate town videos for the main channel uh i'm just i'm just always busy and tired sometimes i want to just read books and that's what i've been doing i've been really enjoying like the books that i've been reading so um we will be back next week uh it's birthday i believe so very excited birthday in 10 days Mm. so so you know if you want to get me anything i do oh there was a huge amazon sale too i felt bad i ended up i well i don't feel bad now but like i should I should have told you guys earlier. I probably did uh, <laughs> on the Discord and stuff. But I I ended up picking up uh, keys from the Golden Vault because I was curious, and because mm-hmm. it was ten dollars, I was like, yeah, oh, I'll buy that for ten dollars, like one hundred percent. So uh, I thought that was kind of fun. Um, yeah, sorry guys, rambling cool. now. But we'll be back next week with another <laughs> episode of the Saturday Morning RPG Show. Take care, everybody, and we'll see you later. Bye bye. <laughs>